Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Grace. Hi Z. Hi to Paul and Roach podcast number 612. We have been doing this for years and years and years. I can't believe you've got two kids now. I know. Guess what? I've got some interesting news. Regular podcasters will know that in the past on my Today Show mornings, I'm in there same time, same day, every single week, and, and I don't need anybody to remember my name, but the guy who is in charge of the boom gate looks at me every single week like he's never seen me before. This morning, I didn't even get the window rolled down. And he's whipped out a little. Rachel, morning. Oh. Somebody listens to the podcast. Someone? <laughs> so- yeah! Awesome! <laughs> Someone's told him. This, this is impressive. This now, is- now, now, look, look, security guard, if you are listening, mm. thank you. You've made this little girl's day. You have. But someone inside the giant Channel 9 web. I mean, let's just think, who could it be? Ginge. I mean, could it, Ginge? Ginge. We're going straight to the CEO? Ginge. He heard that I occasionally park in his spot just for shits and giggles. Fair enough. And he, as you said so intelligently before, thinks that's a woman I need on my network. Correct. Somebody daring like that. That's Those balls I need on my TV channel. Exactly. And his way of trying to get me on the network is by going to the guy who works the boom gate <laughs> and saying, you know what, there's a girl that comes in here every, every once a week. You need to greet her by name. Knowing that I would work out that it was him without him ever having to come up to me personally. It's brilliant. I was going to start with Fatty Vorton. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Oh, Rachie, I don't want to talk about it because I think it adds to his overall ego, but just can we do a couple of seconds on Donald Trump? Please. He listens to the podcast. Well, who doesn't? I mean, David Gingell's listening. Ginge. <laughs> I mean, you name it. It's actually, it's a little thing. Anyone we mention, the reason we mention them, just a g'day to our listeners. <laughs> That's so it. So whenever we're giving it to Kim and Kanye, look, it's just, they're just our mates. Yeah, just a little shout out. Vladimir! Yeah, that's you! The poot! The poot. The poot loves it! But Donald Trump, Tell yes. me more about the original radio man. <laughs> He's a massive fan. Massive fan. I like his entertainment style. I don't know what accent it is, but it's fair enough. It'll do. Now, there is so much about Donald Trump that is both attractive and repellent at the same time. Yeah. Most of what he says I completely vehemently disagree with, but there's something that is attractive about the anarchic nature. The guy who's decided, I'm going to run this race, but it is the equivalent of I'm going to swim at the Olympics, but nobody says in the rule book you can't bring an Evan Rude motor, so I'm just going to do it and see what happens. The moment for me in the debate that really spelled it out and was one of the things about Donald Trump, I think, that is a good thing, even though there is plenty of bad, is that in the interviews afterwards, there was somebody asking him about the moment where they said, look, is there anybody here that is willing to declare that they might become an independent if they don't become the Republican nominee? And he put up his hand. Now, everybody else played the game and said, no, 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 I'm committing to the party. Even if I don't get the nomination, I'm going to throw my meat behind the candidate. And when he was asked about that after the interview, he said, that is a really good card for me to play. Why would I not play it? I want leverage. Did you think that his comments about Megyn Kelly were 
in reference to menstruation. No. I didn't think so either. I think the bully part of Trump is what pisses me off, mm. is that she asks him a question and he says, look, I've been nice to you, but I'm not going to be nice to you anymore with this sort of... Backhanded. To the of- moon and back, Alice, yeah. kind of silly way of, of speaking. But I don't think he was making reference to a period. I think his explanation is also a bit weird, where he says, I was talking about blood coming out of her eyes and ears. It's a very common phrase. Got, <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I've never known anyone to be so angry that blood comes out of their ears. Do you know who he should work for? The good people at Catchphrase. Do you yeah. remember that show oh. when by episode three it was like uh, Mars Bar and Chicken Nuggets, uh, Burjo? Oh, of course, that old Catchphrase. Well, yeah, well known. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. Oh, P. Murray, I'm terrified. Well, what's happened? This weekend I'm going to... Did a- your nightlight go out? <laughs> No, it didn't, but if that ever happens, I'm going to call triple O. Have the batteries gone flat on your clothes, then? (laughs) Is Teddy Ruxpin sort of... I always wanted a Teddy Ruxpin, and I never got one. I've said this before. We had a Teddy Ruxpin, and we took the tape out and put a Rodney Rude one in. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, 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 yes. So I've got a conference coming up at the end of this week. And I, you know, I'm not much of a conference attendee. I don't really know how to be at these things. I don't go to them very often. But what I certainly don't go to them for is a networking opportunity. And I'm currently the member of several Facebook groups around this upcoming conference. And, oh, my goodness me. Pre-drink drinks? I mean, there are pre-drink drinks. There are pre-conference meetups. There's also a themed night where people are genuinely stressing about what to wear on night two of the conference. There's sort of what are your top tips for networking emails going around. I tell you what my top tip for networking is. Don't be a... <laughs> yeah, Don't we- go up to somebody who is a better whatever than you mm. and just think that by standing there and looking at them like, uh, uh, and then making them make the conversation correct. and work because you've walked up and you just think standing in their reflective glory. Here's the tip. Tony Robbins, if you roll up to him in a cafe, is not going to remember you from f***ing Adam correct. when you shoot him an email via his info at TonyRobbins.com. Oh. Hey, thanks. We bumped into each other for five seconds. I just wanted to say it was a real <laughs> thrill to meet you. Thanks very much. Hey, here are my details. Stay in touch. Bye-bye. This is it. If you are networking, you need to value add. I don't know if I'm a good networker. Like, I'm okay at people I have a similar interest with, I can fire up a conversation. Yes. And with most people, I can fire up a conversation. With a stranger, I can get into something pretty good. The simple thing is, if you do bump into somebody, as Rach says, at these things, just be honest and, and know something a little more specific about them. Mm-hmm. Like, say, perfect example was, nobody will remember this actor's name, and frankly, neither do I, but I was playing blackjack at the casino on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Guy sitting opposite me, I'm going, oh, do I remember your face. And he was the actor who played Al Capone in Boardwalk Empire. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what triggered in my mind was I said, okay, don't ask him about Boardwalk Empire. Everyone asked him about Boardwalk Empire. Yes. There was a movie he did about 10 years ago that was a sports movie called The Damned United. And I just looked at him and I said, look, excuse me for saying this, sir, but uh, Damned United is my favourite sports film of all time. Really? <laughs> like, like, just uh, yeah. find that that's the way in. And also, don't be afraid to make people laugh. Yeah. If you make people laugh, they remember. And by the way, ladies, particularly the mutton dressed as lamb, they don't help. <laughs> That is so true. That don't help. I just think if I sit down next to somebody 
and I have something to say to them. I'll chat to them. If we get along, we might go and have lunch together. I won't know who that person is, nor what they can do for me. That's the way to build up a proper working relationship with somebody, to not go in there with an agenda, you know, thinking, what am I going to get out of you? In those situations, you're bringing a whole lot of nothing to the table. Correct. But also, depending on what the conference is, my thing is, if it's one of those self-improvement conferences, everyone's in the room because they feel there's something missing in their life. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not like a room full of winners. Sit and listen to another winner. So what you think you should just go at those events, the way to network is to go up and go, so what's wrong with you? Correct. (laughs) Because you need to understand that you are not as low on the ladder as you think. These are the worst networking tips you will ever get from anybody. That's why we're sitting in my kitchen getting paid (laughs) nothing. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Rachel, let's imagine you win Lotto tomorrow. Yeah. What's the most you would spend on a car? Even the car of your dreams, whatever it is, old school, new school. 2.0 and I have had this conversation a number of times about if we won the lottery, what car would I want? My answer, and I am saying hand on heart that this is my genuine, genuine desire, is a Toyota Corolla. No, bull! I promise you, that is my... Okay, you know there's Lexus, which is basically a Toyota. They have something that would be similar size, but it's got a gold badge on it. Listen, I trust Toyota. I've driven a lot of them in my time. Those things run and run and run until you run them into the ground. Plus, I don't need anything flashy because if I drive a flashy car, all I think about is... (gasps) I don't want to crash it. And also, when I park it at the shops, what if somebody keys it? Yeah, but I don't uh, want anything. I want to lay low. You know, I'm a low layer. Okay, but uh, let's imagine you've won, you know, whatever, the $50 million Powerball, Oz Lotto, Jackpot, Super Draw, Soccer Pools. Still Toyota Corolla. But you've got enough money to buy another one. No, no I would want, and I, oh, and this is hand on heart, genuine. What does 2.0 want? He wants something impressive. Ferrari, whatever. Uh, he you know. likes certain cars. You know, I mean, he looks at some cars and he's like, oh, that's a sexy car. And I have said to him at times, You've never looked at me like you just looked at that car. <laughs> yeah. But I just have no real interest wow. in, in cars. Okay, but do you, can you appreciate a beautiful car? I can look at it and go, oh, that's nice, but I cannot look at it and go, I understand why you bought that. See, see this is the thing. SK is the same. She'll appreciate that I appreciate that car. Yes. But she's not going to say, oh, what about that Aston Martin? No. Doesn't that look amazing? No. I mean, the same for me is is with boats. I, I, like, I like boats, but <clears> I, I think to myself... And I cannot lie. <laughs> I like big boats. But I think to myself, if you have a boat, especially one of those stink boats, you know, those motorboats, I mean... Stink boats? I don't know whether this is a thing. My (laughs) ex-boyfriend from when I was 18, you know when those things stick? He worked at Balmoral Boat Shed in Sydney and he was a sailor and things and he used to always refer to the big power boats as stink boats. And so I've always referred to them, but I don't know if that's actually a term. It's not a thing. Just to check though, is this the same boyfriend who thought blue liquid? No, it was a different boyfriend. Right, just Um, checking. But those things churn up. I mean, to fuel that thing, it's 50 Gs. Yeah, correct. Well, I bring all this up because a original Brock Commodore was sold yesterday for $125,000. Now, I love my Commodores. I love my Brock Commodores. I love Peter Brock but I would not pay $125,000. I often wonder, unless you're a hardcore fan, to justify an expense like that, you've basically got to put signs all over that thing so that everybody that you ever meet or drive past understands that that is the Brock Commodore because otherwise you're just in an old shitty Commodore (laughs) driving around. And I'm going to say this is the the thing with my 83 SLE is that I'm getting around in an an old Commodore, as you all know. And look, to, to the eye who understands a bit of Australian this, 
this and that. They go, hey, you're good at bit old school. Yeah, I remember those those ones. But to everybody else, they go, mate, I thought you'd be doing better on the telly. Just go, uh, <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you have a TV show. Yeah. If you don't understand precious vehicles and the history of things, then it just seems like, mate, you sure you can't afford a better than a used car? So if I want to impress you, all I've yep. got to do is roll up in a brand new... Toyota Corolla. Sexy. Do you know where this has come from, though? <laughs> After the bankruptcy of my family, every single birthday for a number of years, my mum, when she gave me my birthday present, she would, would just say, take you past the Toyota? No, no, no. <laughs> she would say when she gave me my birthday present, if your dad hadn't lost our money, that would have been a BMW. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Paulie, why is anybody still doing the Phantom? And I don't mean from a a venue at the end of a night. What I mean is the Phantom from dating. Like when you have dated somebody, whether it's once, twice, three times. A lady. A lady. And you just stop calling. This happened to me a number of times when I was dating. It happened to my roommate recently. Somebody would do that to you. Yeah. Give me their number. (laughs) What do you think about this? Because I just think. It's despicable. Even though breaking up the text message is gutless. I would rather a text that said, you know what, great time, but can't do it, than silencio. I think it's okay. If you if you are never to see anyone again, uh, to send a text of some length saying, look, been thinking about this, not quite working, all the best, goodbye. Yes. The thing that would do my head in is dot, dot, dot. Because on the iPhone, it means they're reading it. This is this Now is, they're getting ready to reply. No, they're not. This is an, a step in the dating process that we did not need. Mm. There is it's a, on Facebook when they say, read. Read. They said no. the message has been read. No, 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 You need to take away that because that removes your ability to let somebody down gently, to give it a bit of a haven't read the message. Sorry, mate. Oh, I'm a phone. Being busy or whatever. Oh, bloody iMessage. Actually, can we do this now to do a live experiment? Have you got your phone? Yep, yep. Okay, so this is a live experiment that could help a lot of people. So I just want to check when those dots come up because my understanding is that I will swiftly swipe down so that the typing keyboard disappears because I think that means I can read the message that's gone on without the other person seeing the dot, dot, dot. Is that correct right now in our messages? Can you see dot, dot, dot? No, I cannot <gasps> see dot, dot, dot. Okay, so if I now press on this message thing and put up the text board, can you see dot, dot, dot? No. Okay, so... So now if I'm typing, can you see dot, dot, dot? No. <laughs> okay. So uh, hang on. Can you see my dot, dot, dot now? No. Oh, this okay. is rubbish. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Rach, I have some breaking news. Breaking news. Well... The race to who is going to celebrate Christmas first has been won already for 2015. What? Now, there is not some strange Nordic country that's got you know, Santa Claus, <laughs> who you know, really you know, comes up through the drain on September the 2nd and, you know, coughs in children's ears. And I'm loving Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus. But, you know, there's always some original Santa Claus. I love that he's coughing in kids. What, what are you saying? You know, like all these different countries where, you you know, like, oh, Santa, he leaves a dump in the corner. And that's a magical sign of, you know, for the next three wheat seasons, there'll be a full crop. <laughs> you know, all the shit that goes on. The reason that I love this is that when you, I think you are truly at your best when you are in this madly peddling where you have to come up with something on the spot mode. I think you've done really well there with the wheat crop and the coughing in the ears. I think you've done really well. Thank you. Well, happy Santa Claus, sir. <laughs> 
to you. Anyway, there's a story in the UK. It's 142 days out from Christmas and already at Selfridges. Is it Selfridges? Yes. Not Suffragettes. No, Selfridges, yeah. You know, sort of one issue shop, but still <laughs> yeah. very passionate about it. Try our cucumbers. They can't vote either. <laughs> <laughs> so they've set up their Christmas decorations or their Christmas, because Selfridges is a big department store, this right? This is it. Well, the Christmas shop, so the forerunner to the stuff going up around the wall mm-hmm. is the three months out, you can start buying baubles if you want. Right. What does this say about you as a person if you are somebody who actually genuinely thinks about your Christmas decorations in August? Yeah. I think really you've got to take a long, hard look at yourself if you are genuinely decking the halls in August. Yeah, I don't understand it. The- I- these places are open all year round. Oh, but round. the prices, the prices, I've got to share, I've got to say, I've got an idea for you. Use the same shit you did last year. Yeah. It'll last for three years. You whack it in a box up in the bloody attic. This is a spectacular point. In places where rents are so astronomical, what is this a front for? What is really in those baubles? You know what we need to do? Get a couple of people from border security down with their hammers, smashing open a couple of those baubles. Something's going down at the... I know, but now that you've said that, we're in some legal trouble. Do I have to beep everything that we just said? No, no just end it now. Okay. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. I need to ask a question from somebody who is knee-deep in the current affairs, news and political waters. All right, well, I, I will be that front for you. Please do. There's a story floating around today about a nuclear waste facility that has had a few explosions and apparently had a few issues over the years that have been kind of swept under the rug. The important... The glowing rug. The glowing <laughs> rug. But the important thing that came out of this story when I was reading it is that they use kitty litter to dispose of nuclear waste. Excuse me? <laughs> the issue that was in the article was that a typo had apparently rendered this nuclear waste facility undone because somebody wrote organic rather than unorganic kitty litter on the what you're supposed to use to dispose. The unorganic stuff is apparently made of clay. The organic stuff, unfortunately, creates a chemical reaction that makes the shit explode. <laughs> but I am just uncomfortable with something as serious being taken care of by something a cat shits in. Correct. Well, that said, as a former owner of a cat, the toxic level (laughs) that is in cat shit and cat piss. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, as much as I love anyone with a you know special, quirky little interest, as much as I love the great tinkerers, as much as I love the people that are out there on a limb, as much as I love the people that are out there, you know, part of the Santa Claus yes. movement. Yeah, coughing in kids' ears. Yeah. Oh, well, it's a magical <laughs> tradition, Rachel. It's a magical tradition. In fact, I just got an email from someone saying, finally, Santa Claus. Santa Claus gets his deserved attention. Gets his dues. <laughs> Now, news.com.au's got a great story today. Somebody has an Instagram account that is going around and rating Melbourne's bathrooms. It's called Places to Poo. All toilets are rated out of five poos. <laughs> See, this is why I have an issue with social media and Instagram and these sorts of things. You need a gimmick. You need an angle for people to pay attention. And this is a supreme example. You know what? I could be Instagramming the shit out of the most interesting stuff day in, day out, and that is never going to be as newsworthy as somebody going into a toilet in Melbourne and giving it three shits. Well, this is what I'm looking at here. Okay, this is this is one somewhere in the Mornington Peninsula. Mm-hmm. This one, by the way, 38 likes. 
<laughs> Hardly setting the world on fire, Correct. but yeah. But still, mm-hmm. a nice washroom leads to a clean, if cramped, toilet space. Plentiful supply of two-ply toilet paper, which is appreciated. Seat slips, which provide some discomfort. And the large floor gap between cubicles means privacy isn't a priority there. Overall, cleanliness, three poos. Ambience. Three poos. Size, two poos. (laughs) Uh, Paper, three poos. Overall, three poos. Wow. This person has been to too many blogging and Instagram conferences where somebody said the words, find your niche. Correct, correct. (laughs) But how do you rate the ambiance of a public tit? Have you ever sat in there and thought, I'm not 100% on the atmosphere in here? Like, you're in a place where you're supposed to be evacuating your insides. (laughs) Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. Questions for Paulie. All do it the no. <laughs> Hi. This is again a uh, just an amalgam of certain things mm. that I was going to talk about that I'm just going to ask you questions on. What is the difference between top loader and front loader washing powder? Very good point. <laughs> I feel like we're wading in the waters of the Nurofen painkiller area where oh, they're where like, this is for period pain because this can magically find its way to your ovaries. Yeah, how does that work? It doesn't. I feel the same thing with washing powder. Mm. What is going to happen if I put top loader washing powder in a front loading washing machine? Thank God we're not on the radio because this would be a hilarious web video. Let's see what happens. <laughs> it would be. But then you've got to sex it up. So it's like, watch Rach's underwear get wet. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Soapy wet. <laughs> I told you you are good when you're thinking on your feet. All right, did we solve that at all? No. I think it's just BS, right? Correct. Okay. The second thing, 2.0, you know, is in Tassie at the moment doing the renos. He has his map. The map's going really well. The house is coming along brilliantly. I was back down there in my flanny and my tracky dacks on the weekend, oh. really enjoying a trip to Coles in paint-covered tracky-dacks, and I find that I... Felt if, real, didn't you? It felt, I feel real. I also do have, in times, added a little bit of paint to the hands just so people know this isn't my decision. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a necessity. You know, my thing, when uh, when we were painting this place, mm. the, the little splatter that comes off the, uh, oh, yeah. the roller, yep. it was great because you get all that splatter across on your, your face. face. How good's that going into a shop? Go, yeah, got a little bit of paint in my beard. People look at you like you're a regular Scotty Cam, you know? You got, you, you're, whoa, whoa, you're whoa, whoa, in... whoa, whoa, let's not insult me. <laughs> Okay, sorry about that. So 2.0, we've been going into Coles and 2.0 and I have been laughing about what we roll up into Coles in. He rang me the other day to say, okay, I've officially been trumped because he has now taken it to the next level where he goes in Ugg boots. Oh, good boy. Good boy, right? But he rang me and said, okay, my status in the best dressed at the Coles has now officially been trumped by the woman I just saw in her dressing gown and pyjamas. <laughs> Can you wear a dressing gown? and those old school Target pyjamas to Coles. Yeah, if you're the kid being taken by the mum because the kid has just had the bath and he's going to go to bed. Yeah. So did you ring the Hobart Mercury and say, spotted Jackie Lambie at Coles? (laughs) (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Rach, like a Judd Apatow comedy, the podcast is too long. No, that's not right. <laughs> um, okay, like a Judd Apatow comedy... The podcast is overrated? No. <laughs> like a Judd Apatow comedy, the star is slightly overweight. <laughs> like a Judd Apatow comedy, a 
about three quarters of the way through the podcast, we need to have an emotional connection. Oh, let's do it. I'm ready. This is a little video simply entitled From the Mouths of Babes. It is a collection of kids seeing where they think kids come from. Oh, cute. Okay, enjoy. Chloe? Where do babies come from? Come from trees. <laughs> where do babies come from? They, they come out of your bum. <laughs> <laughs> what did your parents say to you about where babies come from? Did they talk very much with you about it? I remember, I think it was year five at school, uh, a screening of where did I come from with my father, and that was it. Oh, wow. I don't think there was a conversation. We went, we looked, we didn't talk about it on the way home. I remember my mum told me that the man puts his bits inside the woman and then they go to sleep. <laughs> and from everything that my mother said about my father, I'm pretty sure that's actually how they had sex. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Have you read the story about the fact that Tajay is considering getting rid of the girls and boys department oh. and just having one giant kids department without any gender? Oh. <laughs> That's me hitting my head, Australia. <laughs> How is this shit going on? Honestly, I get it, right? We're in that sort of cultural time where we're all talking about people who are transgender and, and we're talking about gay marriage and we're talking about being gender fluid and all of these kind of things which are important conversations. However, the sense that people feel like to be inclusive, they have to get rid of girl mm. and boy. Here's the deal. We are born with an XX or an XY chromosome. That's yeah. the way it goes oh, down. Oh, but are we? We're only told that by the, 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 the heteronormative... There is nothing wrong with having a boys and a girls section. If your kid goes in, they are not becoming a certain way or yeah. being conditioned just because they feel like they can't go in the blue section. But also, conversely, if your little boy wants to buy a T-shirt from the little girl section or Great. the other way around, who, who cares? cares? Whatever, the toy. It's the parents' issue. It's the parents' problem, you know? Correct. Please tell me this is not targeted in Australia. Yeah, I think it's this targeted in Australia. This is targeted in Australia. Here's me thinking it's America. It really pisses me off because I don't know what world all of these people expect us to one day live in. This sort of Stepford Wife, nobody's offended, everyone's included, everyone's a winner, nobody's a loser. How does that work? I know, I know. I might have lied to you. I think it is in the States. But nonetheless, I I'm think... I'm still pissed <laughs> off! Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. How old do you think is too old for a dummy? Well, eye the beholder, but Asha doesn't have one. True. Does not have one. Seriously. And she cries and screams and all the rest of it. We just, she doesn't have one. That may be exactly the reason why she cries every time that I pick her up. Yes, I'm going to blame not having a dummy on the face that your child hates me. Yeah. (laughs) I can feel She can smell fear, right? Oh, my God. And rivers of tears. Not just the kind of unwet, screamy cry. She cries to the point where tears (laughs) stream out of her eyeballs. And then the minute I give her back to Sean, bang. It's off like a tap. Welcome to, and I don't know if it's for other dads, but this is the truth of fatherhood. Got to be an ego boost for mums everywhere. This has got to be. I was watching Shani when this happened today, and I'm thinking to myself, as a mum, there's got She's got a problem with you. (laughs) Who has Shani? Yeah, a long time. Why? To see you you suffer was great for her. Oh, holy. I'm joking. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) You're breaking me out now. But David Beckham is currently in trouble because his kid has been on social media with a dummy at four, and so all of the outrage machine has been, oh, my God. <laughs> that's too late for a dummy. 
<laughs> May I say, I had a dummy until I was five years old. Really? And look at me go, I, I genuinely, this was a big thing when I was a kid. My grandma and my mum were desperately trying to get rid of the dummy. And it was a Mission Impossible style tug of war between them hiding it and me going Tom Cruise style. You, Nowhere you would, in the house was You could was smell it from a One of my oh. great memories, I don't have very many memories of when I was super, super little, but one of my memories was that I was on the hunt for the dummy and I remember finding my way into the garage at five years of age and seeing just the corner up on the shelf on top of the... Of the the, dummy. Of the dummy. I actually climbed up onto the car, sat on the roof of the car, grabbed the dummy and put this dusty old dummy in my mouth and I remember it being the most delicious thing I'd ever tasted. I can remember the sensation of sitting on the roof of the car. My grandma came in to find me sitting on the roof of the car with a dummy in my mouth thinking, what is wrong with this child? Now it explains why every time you come over here, you want to go to Bunnings and you just want to lick stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, do you have any plates of dust yeah, around? I need, to, I need to lick it now. That, that's, I need a hit. I need a hit. Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. We have come to the end of the potty. Thank you very much for listening to us. Our apologies to Judd Apatow, Santa Claus, uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Who are apparently... Clearly I have paid absolutely zero attention in codes training all those years in radio. I really don't understand Mm. what it is. For future reference, kids, you know those Christmas shops? (laughs) See? Could be any Christmas shop. I think I'll beep it out (laughs) in the editing process. (laughs) So once you get to this, you'll understand. Time for Rach to read a porno. This is where she takes uh, a story from Picture Magazine, including this week's... Picture magazine, because we bought one, two, three ponos. P. Mazzarino, you have gone and gotten some proper supplies, and I am very excited. I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank You've you. You've done a lot for this podcast. Mm, you I'm, really have. And true to form, feed on the desk now. Yeah, that's it. I'm coasting till Christmas. <laughs> that's it. Uh, when we will all go to Christmas Warehouse and purchase many of their wonderful wares. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, co- code word. Yeah. How can it not be Santa Claus? Oh, Santa Claus. Okay. All right. Today's story is called Lawn Balls. My girl and I were invited to this mega party chucked on by some friends of friends in a huge mansion on Sydney's lower North Shore. There were waiters with trays of food, food everywhere, a DJ, a band, a masseur giving shoulder rumps. It was the sort of party you could just kick back at and pretend you were rich. Kim and I... (laughs) (laughs) This is like the bachelor house. Kim and I wandered around having a great time, slurping champagne, eating prawns and having a bit of a dance until the inevitable thing happened and we felt like a Santa Claus. I can't even say it. Santa Claus! Santa Claus! We're not that uncouth that we'd just nip into a bedroom in a stranger's house and tear one off. So we went exploring, hoping to find somewhere we could play hide the Santa Claus. Hang on, hang on. We're not as uncouth as to root in somebody else's place. But we'll. But a bush. Yeah, but a bush. And I'll write a story and send it to Picture Magazine. We wandered down a set of steps into a dark lawn that was far enough away from the crowd so we wouldn't be disturbed. It was a warm night, so we got all our gear off and lay down on the lawn to get into it. I stuck my head between, I don't know how much I could Santa Claus her, Kimmy's thighs to Santa Claus her. Santa Claus her. Claus her, Then crawled up to Claus her my Clauser into her. Oh. It was about then that we started to notice the itching. <laughs> Kimmy was wriggling around like she was on an ant's nest, and I noticed a weird tickling feeling around my balls. <laughs> 
We couldn't see what was going on, but the next thing the sprinklers hit us and the outside lighting came on. I mean, is this every storyline from every movie bad ever? Movie. Oh, oh, oh. It's a bad Catherine Heigl movie. Adam Sandler's out on the green again. And we could see what the problem was. We were lying on a freshly mown lawn with grass clippings everywhere. The sprinklers just made the grass stick to us more, so we looked like a pair of green lamingtons. Then, to make it worse, our wriggling around had kicked off the motion sensor switching on the lights. Bullshit. Of course it did. Bullshit. Luckily, the few people outside thought it was pretty funny and gave us a cheer, so we bowed, finished off our closer, and went back inside looking for more free piss. That's absolute bullshit. That is absolute rubbish. See, See you next week. week. You're listening to Paul and Rach.